0: Right, are you guys ready for the word of the Lord today? How many be enjoying the messages as of late? You know, we, we've been going through, we've been starting a few different kind of series and we're doing a few things different this year where we are now trying to include some of our series uh, throughout the duration of the year. So we may start a few weeks here, and then, you know, we'll, you'll see them follow up. So our trust in the Lord is going to be something that we do throughout the course of the year. Uh, we have a twilight one that we had we, we started on. That one there, we're going to have another twilight uh, happen in a few weeks from now. And today, we're going to be starting another one on the trees, or roots and fruits is what we're calling it. They say roots and fruits. I don't know who came up with the title for that one, but, you know... <laughs> We're going to go from that. But listen, I want to start today because I have a tree. How many got trees on their property? Five of you guys? What? <laughs> Come on. I, I have trees on my property. And, and I had not just a city tree that was planted, but I also had my own options to be able to plant some trees. And, and one of the trees that I planted in the back of my property is called a weeping willow. You know, and for those of you who are not familiar with a weeping willow, you know, they're this big, you know, they can grow into this big, elegant tree. They have, you know, like a canopy effect to it that flows down, and the branches sway in the wind, right? And they, almost, they come down and touch the ground. Many of you might even remember, you know, you know some of you as parents used to use the weeping willow for some t- something called a, a switch, I th- or was that what it was called? Right? do not you go pick for me a switch out of the weeping willow tree? But, but I have this affinity. I, I love, uh, for some reason, weeping like the weeping willow trees. Right? I have in my front yard. I have a, a few uh, weeping mulberry trees, and they're very similar. A little bit smaller than the uh, weeping ma- the, than the weeping willow that I have in the backyard. But nonetheless, it's a big, it's a big tree. Now. Pastor Sherry, on the other side of me, as much as I love this tree, she does not, first of all, have this same love towards the tree that I have in the backyard. I have
1: literally prayed for the tree to be struck by lightning and die <laughs> because i tried to i tried to nicely ask him if we could get rid of it he said no mm-hmm. but if it were to get struck by lightning then you know he would contemplate getting rid of it mm-hmm. so i i prayed pretty hard and it's been struck by lightning not, not once. once twice
0: twice maybe 3 times we're not quite sure on that possibly three that times that tree is a resilient tree That's a feisty tree. You know, I come out one day and it gets struck by lightning and like the whole like trunk of of the tree is just like charcoal it's split and sherry's like all right we're getting rid of the tree it's gone and i'm like nope i found some really long bolts and i bolted the tree back together and it started growing again and she's like what are you doing i'm like i love this tree we can't just let it die so i prayed harder
1: and i said god we need a real lightning strike on this tree like it (laughs) needs to go but don't let it fall like on the neighbors like let it fall in this one direction So it got struck again, and that side fell into our yard, and I was like, yes, this is like literally split in half, so it's not just a side of it, it's like split in half. So he comes out, and he goes, hmm, gets on the phone. I think I can fix
2: that. Gets on the (laughs) phone,
1: he's like, calls his buddy, he's like, hey, uh, you got a saw? (laughs) We we can fix my tree. So Mm -hmm. comes over, and sure enough, they've got, you know, I don't even know what it was, that rope, um, Mm -hmm. and they're just bolting it back together, and... Anyways, it's still there.
0: You know, and and here's the thing about this tree, right? That tree has got some tenacity built on the inside of it. I mean, it's a survivor. And I feel, you know, like there's many of you who are out there, you can relate to being that tree right now where you're just like, I didn't just get struck by lightning once. I got struck twice. And then I got struck a third time. And I got my trunk broken and my branches broken. And I'm burnt and I'm charred, but I'm still standing. How many can relate to that right now, right? And so God's Word has a lot to say about trees. So we're going to learn a little
1: bit about trees. That's right. So today, obviously, we're talking about trees. I want to take you guys to the book of Psalms. And this is Psalms chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And I want to talk about this for a minute because the word blessed actually, you know, the very first word of this in Psalms 1-1, blessed is the man. That word blessed really refers to being happy or content. And uh, it comes from another root word, asar, which means to be straight or to be right. And I really like that. Like that's such a great depiction of you know of who this man is, and it's really saying that this is a righteous man here. It also means to uh, it, it means honest or proper. The Amplified Bible says it like this: it "says Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following their advice and example." See this this blessed man doesn't walk in the way of sinners. And I like how it really brings out that he doesn't walk, stand, or sit. You know, and it really relates to how we live and the companionship that we have around us. You know, who are we standing with? Who are we sitting with? Who are we walking with? And, and we have to be very careful about the people that we are actually surrounding ourselves in. And we have to live with a discernment to be able to know what, what is the right people, who are the right people to surround ourselves with right? A lot of times people in today's day and age like to surround themselves with people who they can benefit from. How many know a few people who are like that, right? But that's not what God's word says. God's word says to surround yourself with people who walk in the right way, who fear God, who love God, who walk in his ways and know his statutes and and follow them. And we have to live with discernment, and discernment is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. It means to judge well. And in a spiritual context, this is, you know, we, we need to um, perceive what is going on. And it doesn't mean judging people, okay? I wanna make this very plain and clear. We are not to judge people for who they are or what they do or things like that. But we can perceive if there is something that's off. And if there's something that's off that, you know, maybe somebody's walking in, you know, calling themselves a Christian but walking in sin. That would be, it would be, you could use discernment to say that is not a good path that I should walk. So I'll walk a different path. Doesn't mean that you're like that person's horrible and you know and you're judging the person. What you're saying is that I'm gonna use discernment and for the sake of my Christian walk, for the sake of who God's called me to be, I'm going to use discernment and I'm gonna walk in a straight path, just as this righteous man did. His way is straight, his way is right.
0: So if we break this down even a little bit further, when we look at this passage, we're really taking a look at this blessed man or this righteous man. And one of the things that it says is he, he does when we're talking about discernment is he discerns counsel. Look at the one next to you and say, he discerns counsel. He discerns counsel. And when he re- discerns that counsel that he receives, he weighs it out whether it is godly counsel or ungodly counsel. That's part of what, he's, what what's re- required in this particular passage is it says that he's discerning where he's at and what type of counsel that is coming into him right now. A lot of times, you know, we all receive counsel. We all receive advice. You know, we all have people who are more than happy to speak into your life and just bring you aside and tell you a few things. Am I right? Yeah. But But the problem with that process is is that the, the righteous man is discerning what type of counsel he's allowing to speak into his life because not everything that comes out of someone's mouth and into your spirit man that you allow is godly counsel and it says that we need to discern what is happening in those particular cases is it is it godly counsel is it ungodly counsel or is it just counsel that is coming out of the heart? What does the Bible say that's even, the heart itself is even evil? It's wicked. So we need to first and foremost, and this is what it does. So when, when people are, are, are bringing things into our way and we're, and we're aligning ourselves with our thought processes, what we're agreeing with, what we're disagreeing with, these are all parts of discerning the counsel. In Proverbs 4, 23 to 27, it says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Remove your feet from evil. It's saying, pay attention to what is coming in and the counsel that you're receiving. The next part of this is that the righteous or the blessed man discerns where he stands. Say, he discerns where he stands. Where he stands. You know, sinners all have a path where they stand. There's a path and a roadway that the sinner is on. It says, uh, wide is the, is the gate. Is, how is that one that when it goes? It says, for wide is the gate and broad is the path that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it, but we're to enter by the narrow gate. We're not walking in the same pathway that the sinner is on. We're not going in the same direction. We are on a separate road, and when we are looking at these things, we need to discern where you're standing. Where is it? Where's the sinner standing, and should I be standing with the sinner or not? The third one that I want to bring out is, is that the righteous man, the blessed man, discerns where to sit say discerns where, to sit. discerns where to sit it says that the, you know it says he sits not in the with the scornful. okay you know there's there's a there's a groups of people very easily the scornful they said where they can just sit with one another and you know what they do when you see a scornful group and and you just pull your chair up and you just join in and say hey please tell me a little bit more I got some some criticism I want to share with you. I got some gossip that I want to be able to share with you. And they sit down, and what did you do? You just made company with a whole group of people who are being scornful, people who are being deceptive. And this is what God's word is saying. Does the righteous man, does the godly man, do they make their camp and sit down with the scornful this day? No. It says that he meditates and he pays attention upon what he hears and what he puts into his spirit, man. It says, in his law doth he meditate both day and night. You have to be aware of what are you allowing in. Who are you sitting with? What does it say in God's word? It says, you know, evil companionship corrupts good manners. Who you sit with, everyone knows who you sit with, who you hang with, who you walk with, who you receive counsel from all of that affects who you are as an individual and we are here to discern what god is saying to us this day but it says he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water
1: that's right i remember actually um, a scenario where we were i was hanging out with a, a group of people um, a group of women and uh, we we were We were going out it was like the the husbands were all in one vehicle and the wives were all on another vehicle and we were going to go out for the night and the the women got there before the men and so we were kind of just sitting in the parking lot and all of a sudden it was one by one each of them just began to tear down their husband and like you know say all of these negative things about their husband and i remember thinking in that moment like I love my husband. I don't feel this way about my husband. And I felt almost this like peer pressure to like, you know, agree with or kind of just like, oh, you know what, that's really horrible, you know, or men can be a certain way or, you know, things like that. It was so tempting to say something like that. But I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, don't join in with this. Because what you'll see is that a progression will start to happen. And let me tell you, so I, I ended up I sat quiet that whole time. The car I didn't say a single thing. Because it's not it's not easy to even say something, right? If you have a, a group of people who are saying something negative or they're tearing somebody down, if you were to step in and, and say, hey guys, like this is not right, we shouldn't be tearing these people down, that that's a hard thing to do, right? I think we should do it, but I I wasn't in that moment at that place. And within a short period of time, every one of those women divorced their husbands. And I thought, wow, like I am so grateful that I didn't join in on that tearing down my spouse because, you know what, there's going to be times when the people around you irk you. There's going to be times when those who are closest to you just get on your last nerve. But that's okay. That's regular life. We need to still appreciate and love the people who are around us.
0: I I never irk you.
1: Never? (laughs) (laughs) I love you. (laughs) So a righteous man needs to be planted. And the first thing that we need to understand about trees is that trees are planted, right? And what does a tree do when it is planted? it grows. That's right. And so as as Christians, we need to remember where we are planted. And, And the book of Matthew actually talks about where Jesus talks about the importance of a seed being planted properly. This is Matthew chapter 13, three to eight. It says, and he spake many things unto them in parables saying, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell on stony places where they had not much earth And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth and when the sun was up they were scorched and because they had no root they withered away and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them but others fell on good ground and brought forth fruit some a hundredfold some sixtyfold some thirtyfold we can really learn from this parable about the importance of where we're planted there's there's a different like this this talked about the different places that things can be that trees can be planted or, or seeds can be planted. You know, if it's in this, in the stony ground, there's not much depth to it and it's easy to get burned. You know, how many know there's there's times where you know we're gung ho and sometimes even as a baby Christian you're just like, Yes, like let's go and then all of a sudden something kinda comes up and then you're like, Oh no, don't want that anymore and you know, people walk away. How many times in our Christian faith do we see people who are in the body of Christ where something happens to them, and they're like, you know what? I want nothing to do with that anymore. I remember a time in my life where um, I was going through a difficult time. You guys all know I've been through um, one difficult time in my life, and that's maybe it. I don't know. But I was going through something, and, and it was a tough time in ministry. And I remember saying afterwards, you know what? I don't want anything to do with ministry anymore. Like, this is it. If this is what ministry is, I don't want it. And I remember like I was about to close the door on it. And these are the types of things where we have to be so careful that our root system has to be grounded and deep and able to nourish us. Because if, if, if we're not getting the deepness of the roots, then we're not able to stay grounded and we're not able to stay, stand strong and to stand firm through the things that we walk through. It, there are th- ones where, you know, you can just pull the root, pull the trees up or pull the whatever, the weeds we'll, up. We'll get
0: to those. Oh, we'll am I doing roots. your
1: I'm doing your part of the message. Okay, <laughs> what am I saying then? You know what, you know what this is about? Is because you forgot my notes at home, and so I don't <laughs> know where I'm at with my notes. <laughs> 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 All right, so we can see actually where God has designed a system by which plants and things grow. Mm -hmm. This is Genesis chapter 2 verses 8 to 9. It says, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, God planted a garden and brought forth trees where it can grow, and you can even say that when God put Adam into the garden, he planted him in that place. See, how many are growing in the place that God has planted you in? How many are staying strong in the place that God had put you in? A lot of times we want to uproot ourselves and we want to move on, but God has said, here, and and in Genesis 2.15 it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. So we we can see that he was planted in the garden and he was meant to tend it. And we learned weeks ago, I don't remember how many weeks ago we were talking about the word tending is worship. He was there to worship God, to spend time with God, to take care of what God had asked him to take care of, of that. And so we really have to be mindful about where we are planted. But what, what are we planted in? Soil. Soil. Yes. <laughs> What kind how about of soil? That's a good one. Soil.
0: How about, how many? How many of you have grown something before? I got that green thumb. You guys like to grow plants, trees, you know, grass, whatever that may be outside. You know, I I had looked at you know. There's there's a few different things that I've really realized is that the soil of a of a tree or the plant that we put stuff in is very important. How many know that? You know plants don't just grow in any type of soil right there's various types of soil mixtures and various types of things that different plants uh, thrive in but there's new nutrients that are inside the soil that the plant needs in order to be able to survive the basic three nutrients that that normally are there nitrogen for phosphorus and potassium there's a few other ones magnesium etc that are there but but really there's there's core nutrients that the plant is needing in order to be able to draw from them and to be able to grow just like we have nutrients for our bodies we're a tree there's different nutrients that we need in order to be able to grow and to survive and so i I remember you know i i i'm not much how many of you are lawn people out here you know you just love the meticulous parts of your lawn i and i am not really a lawn person okay but but what I realized over time is that I cannot stand weeds. Uh, I, I just I don't I don't it's enjoy true. Them. He hates them. They bug me, you know, it's like you drive up to your house and you can just see the weed, you know, sticking out or the the multiple weeds, What's really
1: funny about this is when I'm standing in the house and I see him go outside and he's like, you know, just annoyed with weeds that pop up in the ground and then the neighbor comes out and they start talking (laughs) about their disdain for the weeds that are coming out Mm. and what they're gonna do to be able to get rid of these weeds because we share a lawn together. And so I just, I, I find it humorous watching you guys having this conversation of like, putting yeah. together a plan of how you're gonna target these weeds, get rid of them, get yeah. them out of there. And, and,
0: and, and so I, I came to this place where a few years ago, all of a sudden I, I just felt like I had a whole like, pile of weeds and I had like more weeds than I had grass. Okay, so, so I actually went and I, I, I actually took and, and replaced everything with sod. And then within like a year, yeah. it was full weeds again. And I'm like, what is going on with this grass? And so it, it started to bother me because, I mean, I'm pulling out like weeds by like, like bags of weeds all the time. So I'm getting frustrated. So you know what I decided to do at that point? I decided I should actually pay attention and maybe start learning something more about what was happening. And so I realized that the weeds that were growing in my lawn were actually prone to grow because there was lacking nutrients that were in the soil. So, certain weed types actually thrive where nutrients are missing. And I was like, whoa. Oh. That's pretty interesting. So that's telling me that this weed, this weed, this weed, which were all kinds of weeds, right, were because I was lacking this. And so what I realized was that my my lawn, my topsoil that everything was planted in was missing the proper nutrients that were needed for the actual grass to grow and because the absence of it was there all was happening was weeds were growing. And so i'm going back and i'm thinking back here a little bit more when i first bought my house this is going back 20 years ago you know what i had for all of my all of my topsoil it was all clay it was all garbage it was garbage there was nothing wanting to grow in the clay that day except for some swamp stuff right and and so anyways, I, I bought a whole bunch of topsoil and I threw it all down and then I had a whole bunch of nice grass that was, you know, planted and then, and then the grass grew for years and years and years. But now 15, you know, plus years later, all of a sudden, I don't have that same grass anymore. And I realized that what was happening was is that the grass was pulling the nutrients out of the ground. The trees and my weeping mulberries were pulling the nutrients out of the ground. And you know what was happening? The topsoil became depleted... Of nutrients. I wasn't doing anything to replace the nutrients that was being drawn out of the property. You know what was happening and springing up in my life? Weeds. Mm -hmm. And it's, were a tree, it's the same type of a process. So, what I had to do is I had to get fertilizer and I had to start fertilizing the lawn. Basic 101 if you're growing stuff. Learn how to use fertilizer and put nutrients into the ground, right? You know, it only took me 15 years to figure that out. But I decided to start putting fertilizer in. You know what started happening? The grass started growing. The other weeds, they started to dissipate. And it's the same thing is we can get saved. We can get filled up with the Holy Spirit. We can be feeding ourselves with all kinds of nutrients on God's word. But those nutrients that you took 15 years ago aren't going to keep sustaining you in your life You use them up as part of life, but you need to keep going back to the word of God. You need to keep filling yourself up with the nutrients that you need because otherwise you're gonna find yourself with a whole bunch of weeds in your life without what you actually are trying to grow instead.
1: And sometimes you don't even realize that you've gotten to the place of a whole yard full of weeds, right? Like we're thinking that we have this great grass and, and you know, the grass grows long and then you don't see the weeds very much, then you cut the grass and then you see all the weeds that are all popping up there. And, uh, and so we need to be mindful about constantly going back to the Word of God, constantly allowing God to work inside of us so that we don't allow weeds to develop and take root inside of our lives. And one of the things that matters when it comes to planting things is the environment. That they're planted in, right? One of my dreams would be to have a palm tree in my yard, right? I think at heart I would live in the Caribbean somewhere because I like the warm weather. But how many know if I were to plant a palm tree in my yard, it likely would not survive? Do you know why? We live in Canada. It's cold here. <laughs> it's never going to survive in this environment because it's meant to flourish in a certain type of environment, and that's not the environment that we have here in our city, in our nation. So it really matters where we are planted. In Psalm 1-3, it says, he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. It says it, it's planted by water. You know when a tree is planted by water, it's like the roots are, are down, and they, they've got a full water source constantly there, and they grow strong and tall and it's hard to really to knock those trees down because they have a constant source of water. Water represents the Holy Spirit. Do we have a constant source of the Holy Spirit just flowing through our lives? In every area of our life, in everything that we do, do we rely on the Holy Spirit? Do we allow him to flow through us? Do we allow him to create that environment that we need to be able to flourish, to be able to go through the next season in our life? And so we need to think about the environment that we're planted in. It says in Psalm 92, 12 to 14, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And I love this because, you know, it's talking about how we need to flourish as in the house of God. And how many know the house of God is... The church. <laughs> the house of God is where where we are, where we get fed, and there's different environments in different churches, right? And so we need to know the environment that we need in order to be able to grow. That's why it's amazing that we have multiple churches in our city to be able to meet specific needs of the people. Churches aren't meant to fight against churches, and people aren't meant to church hop, God has commanded you to grow and to be planted in the place that you are meant to grow in and be developed in, and there's a specific purpose for that, and you need to make sure that the place where you are planted is a good place, right? Because there are times where you might be planted in a place that doesn't necessarily have the right nutrients that you need.
0: You know, if we jump back in just for a moment, we'll talk about roots, but going back into the soil, one of the things that the soil actually does for the root system is it creates stability for it to be able to be anchored into it. The soil itself, right, is where the roots go down. The tree then has a place now where the roots can anchor into the actual soil. And so depending on the nature of the tree, you know, there's all kinds of different things that can happen. If you have really small roots or shallow roots, you know what you're going to be more prone to? being uprooted. You're going to be more prone to being unstable, especially when storms and winds and, and torrential you know, rain and all those different things come. See, there's, there's a purpose to the root system, and how well those roots are, are established into the environment that they are in is going to affect the entirety of the tree. If you take a tree and you plant that tree inside a pot that's only this big, The roots are only going to be able to go down so far, and you know what happens is is that it's going to stifle the growth of that tree, and the tree is only going to be able to get so big. It's only going to be able to produce so much because you've stifled the roots, right, for what they need to be able to accomplish. They need to be able to expand. If you want the tree to grow, the roots have to be able to continue to grow in it.
1: I remember I tried to, a couple years ago, I was trying to do container gardening and many of you guys know, I don't naturally have a green thumb, so I'm trying to learn and people are trying to teach me and it's not easy for them. Mm -hmm. But I decided I was going to try to plant carrots (laughs) in a container and it just doesn't work that way, right? And I remember like when the top started coming up and I was all excited, I was like, I'm gonna get carrots and I'm so excited. (laughs) And then I got really antsy and I picked one and it was like this big, <laughs> like it, I couldn't even tell it was a carrot, and and I and so, I mean, it just goes to show that you know some things that are that you try to plant in something that's a small little container really needs some actual big ground to be able to pl- be planted and grow roots that are deep into the ground. Yep.
0: And and in Colossians 2, 6 to 7, it says, and now just as you were accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your last be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. We need to have our last founded and rooted in Christ. It needs to be founded and rooted in faith. It needs to be founded and rooted in love. And all of these things are things that are are there. And even as we come together as a body, there's something there's even significance about. I want to bring out. Pastor Sherry's going to bring out the redwood tree.
1: Yeah, that's where I want to go right now, the redwood tree, which is interesting because I'm going to read this because I'm not even going to be able to get it right. But they reach heights over 350 feet tall and 20 feet in diameter. Anybody actually seen a, a redwood tree in real life?
0: few people. Yeah, a couple yep. people.
1: Okay, I've never seen one in real life, but I've seen pictures, and they're massive, and I've watched some documentaries <laughs> on things, because I like watching documentaries. <laughs> but um, So they're, they're, they're massive, they grow strong, and they've endured through thousands of years. But you know the thing about redwood trees is they have a shallow root system. They only go, what does it say? Tw- 6 to 12 feet. 6 to 12 feet deep, Okay, mm-hmm. wow. but you know what keeps them stable? is that they intertwine their roots with one another and they begin to grow in unity. And sometimes they even meld their roots together so that they're strong. They're not just one tree. They're an army of trees that are one system. And that's the way the body of Christ is supposed to be. We are like trees and we are meant to have roots that are connected with one another. And we're meant to do life in unity with one another where we have, where we're, we're one body we're not little individual things here and there and, and our own, in our own minds and in our own thought process, on our own journey. We're together, we're one, we're a body, together. And that's, the, what, that's what we need to remember when it comes to you know, these trees and stuff like that. It says in John 17, 20 to 21, it says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Do you know with the redwood trees, when they intertwine their roots together, they help supply for future trees to come even after their death, that they're thinking about what the future of the tree is. And that's, as Christians, what we need to be thinking of, is that what is my life going to affect when I'm gone, when I'm no longer here on this earth? Is my life going to be able to improve those who are going after me? Am I going to be the forerunner who goes before people, and and I set the pathway, and I make it easier for them, and I supply the nutrients, and I supply everything that is needed so that they will have a running start to be able to grow and to be able to thrive in the environment that they need to, to thrive in. This is what we need to be as Christians.
0: So roots are so important to a tree, and they're so important to the life of a believer. And so in Matthew thirteen six it says, and when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root, and they withered away back to Psalms 1 3 and it says right it says he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in season whose leaf shall not wither and whatsoever he does prosper you know when you have good roots you prosper the leaves grow but when you have a bad root system you also have problems because now what happens is, is that the, the root system, maybe it's missing or maybe it's too shallow or, or different things of that nature. And what happens is now the leaves start yellowing. The nutrients don't start being provided through the whole, the whole particular tree. Roots are things that are under the ground. When you see the weed in your lawn, okay, and you go to pull the weed out and it snaps off Everybody knows that there's a root still sitting in there that might go down another foot. And then what happens is that it grows right back up. And a lot of times, we're trying to fix everything that's going on above with the tree and the branches up here. And we're not paying attention to what's going on in the root system. But the root system is what's affecting what is growing above the surface. Are you guys following me this? So just like a tree can be healthy and anchored into good soil and be anchored in producing good, you can also have bad roots that are in our lives. Do you know that some trees uh, can, can have a root system that goes down up to 400 feet into the ground? 400 feet. Do you know how hard it would be to pull that tree out of the ground? And here's the thing. We all know, even if we have parts in our body, we got, you know, cells or different things that happen. We know that if we have a ward or something, you got to go in and you got to pull it out and you got to kill it at the root in order for it to fall off and for it to die. But if we got unhealthy things in our lives, unhealthy root systems, and they're anchored into who we are, what's going to happen? We're gonna have real problems. In First Corinthians 3 6 it says, I planted the seeds in your heart and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. This is a great example of what we allow in. Remember we talked about discerning what do we put inside our what do we what do we allow in as counsel into our lives? What are we listening to? What are we in agreement with? And so here it says, I planted a seed, somebody else watered it, and God grew. Well, at the same source here, we can look at that as a negative perspective, and we can say, someone planted a seed into your heart, something of unforgiveness, and someone else came along, and they watered that with resentments and other things, and now you have it growing on the inside of you, and now you got a deep root of different things that can take place within your life. And now what are we trying to do? It comes out, it's exposed on the, on the above side of stuff, but it's really down here in the core. And we need to take a look at that.
1: I'm feeling that there are people here who, you know, that you've had bad roots in your life. You've know, you know that they exist. You, you're very aware of it. But you're afraid that if you pull that root out, there's going to be a hole that's right there, and you're not sure what's going to fill that void of what's gone when that root is gone. And I feel that like God is saying in this moment that as you pull that root out, that he is swift to move the dirt back into that hole so that there is no void in your life, so that there is no, um, there, there's no lack and there is no need that you will have because he will fill it. He is everything that you need. In Jesus name so going on to contaminated bad roots um, this is we we see in the word of God that bitterness is one of the bad roots or a contaminated root in Hebrews 12 14 to 15 it says work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life I find that interesting because you know a lot of times people say like you know you you know our salvation is not based on works which it isn't you are saved through faith by faith through grace Um, but we also, our works is what reveals what God has done in our, in our lives, right? So it says, work at this. Where am I? Work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And then we can see in Acts 8, 22 to 23, it says, repent therefore of this, your wickedness and pray god if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you for i see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity and th- and this is a thing is that there's so many opportunities right now for bitter- bitterness to overtake our hearts we live in a fallen world, and we live in a way that there is so much opportunity for offense to come in and things to happen. And if we don't deal with it right away, and we don't allow God to heal what, what the hurts that come up in our lives, then bitterness begins to settle in. And that bitterness, although at first, might just feel like you're just releasing um, things and you're just talking through things because you need to be able to talk it out. You need to talk to somebody about it so that you can heal, but it goes beyond that and it begins to poison your root system and then every time you go to do something your roots are trying to pull up water and as your roots are trying to pull up the water it's pulling up the contaminated poison of bitterness and you're beginning to make decisions based on that bitterness and you're beginning to make decisions that are based on that poison that is alive in your life and you don't even know it And so we need to get rid of this poison. We need to get rid of the bitterness and not allow it to take root. I'm going to tell you five types of contaminants right now. Number one, iniquity and bitterness. Number two, relationships and opinions. Number three, doctrine. Number four, false teachers and false prophets. And then number five, and this is a scary one to me, is wolves. We can be contaminated and impacted by so many different things in life. And here's the thing is that we need to know to go back to the Word of God. We need to go back to God to know that what we are being taught, what is being instilled inside of our life, lines up with God's Word. You should never just take somebody's word for something. If we're standing up here and we're preaching, I, I encourage you guys to go home look it up in your bible search it out for yourself and know that what we are preaching is god's word because if anything else comes out of our mouth then you need to reject it it should only be god's word only the truth and so um, contamin- these contaminants can actually affect the fruit in our lives how many know that we are we're like trees and we are meant to bear fruit in our lives so, these contaminants can destroy the fruit. The fruit dies, and we don't have any fruit. Um, it can produce unhealthy or diseased fruit, and that fruit contains contaminants that affect health. Um, sickness and disease can be transferred. And then, number three, it changes the taste of the fruit, and it tastes different. What, what's drawn from the soil is absorbed into the fruit. And you know, we're talking a lot about this and, and, and planting and, and, and all this type of thing. But really, when it comes down to is the fruit, what fruit are we bearing? What does it look like? What is the fruit that's evident in our lives?
0: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about fruit for a moment. And even as she was just bringing up that last point where it changes the taste of it. So, you know, we were talking about don't allow a root of bitterness into your life. And you know what happens if you allow a root of bitterness that comes into your life? It affects the whole tree. And when it affects the tree, it affects the fruit that we're just talking about. And you know what happens? Now you have bitter fruit. And see, fruit changes by the environment, by the soil, by what you are putting in and what you are drawing up. And in John 15, 15, it says, "'You are no longer servants, "'for for a servant does not know what his master is doing, "'but I have called you friends. "'For all things that I heard from my Father "'I have made known to you. "'You did not choose me, but I chose and appointed you "'that you may go forth and bear fruit.'" And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, these things I command you, and that you love one another. Here's the thing. It says that we need to go forth, and we need to bear fruit in our lives, and that fruit needs to remain. It means it needs to, re- to be enduring. It needs to be constant. It's not something that we can just say, I bore fruit last year, or I bore fruit five years ago, and now I'm, in a, I'm done bearing fruit in my life. It says that the fruit that we are to have is to remain with us. Are you still here? Yes, then you should be remaining and bearing fruit, and that is what Christ is teaching us, that as a... A tree were to be bearing fruit. And it says here next, it says that Matthew 7, 17 to 20 says, Beware of false prophets that have come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do not, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. See, every good tree bears good fruit, every good tree bears fruit. but a bad tree Bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Here's the thing. This is not real complicated. Good is good. Bad is bad. You're either a good tree or you're a bad tree. If you're a good tree, you're going to produce what? Good fruit. If you're a bad tree, you're going to be producing bad fruit. Here's the thing. A tree is a tree in its entirety. You don't segment out the tree. If the tree's got, if it's planted and it's got bad roots pulling through contaminations because of the environment it's in, because of the soil that it's in, because of what you're feeding into the tree, you know what's gonna happen? It affects the whole tree which is what we just said and the fruit that is gonna be bearing is gonna be contaminated and it's a bad tree. We need to pay attention to what we are what fruit are we producing in our lives? Are we f- producing the proper fruit or are we producing something that is ungodly?
1: We have uh, fruit of repentance. This is part of the fruit that we're supposed to have. Matthew 3.8 says, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And so the question is, are, are we living a lifestyle of repentance? repentance where when the holy spirit reveals something to us our first thought is i don't want anything to do with that i'm going to turn and walk the other way i'm not going to be like oh yeah that's bad but i really like it you know mm-hmm. lifestyle of repentance the fruit of righteousness philippians 1 says being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by jesus christ to the glory and praise of god is righteousness evident in our lives? Are we living lives that are congruent both behind closed doors and in the public eye? Are we the same person that we project to other people on social media and, um, and, out, and while we're out in public at the grocery store and wherever we're at as we are in our own homes where the doors are closed and nobody else sees? We need to live lives of integrity. The fruit of the Spirit, you guys know Galatians 5, to 23 but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. There's no law against you operating in any of those fruits right there. Ephesians 5.9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And so we have to ask ourselves, is the fruit of the Spirit evident in our lives? And if it's not, we should ask ourselves, why That's not a fruit that's happening in our life. If we're struggling with with our love walk, if we're struggling with peace in our life, if we're struggling with joy that's happening, if we're struggling with um, long suffering and patience with people. Now I know patience is not an easy thing. None of these are just easy things. But when we give our lives completely over to God, these fruits begin to manifest in our lives. And we begin to have patience with people because we see them for who god created them to be and we understand that we don't have to judge them for their faults or the things that are happening in this moment we can love them truly for who they are
0: why don't we all stand today as we close out the service further in matthew 13 it said now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful but he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold some sixty and some thirty see out of the abundance of the heart it says our mouths speak what is rooted on the inside of us is going to come out of our mouths what is coming out of our mouths this day? Is it poison? Is it doubt? Is it unbelief? Is it criticism? Or is it faith? What is being produced in your life? What fruit? Are you producing the fruit of the spirit or are we producing the work of the flesh? As Christians, we are followers of Christ and should be producing the fruit of righteousness after Christ Jesus. And Psalms 1, where we started, it says, The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft with which the wind drives away. That's somebody who's not un, that's somebody who's not rooted. They're like the shaft. They blow they just blow away with the wind. You know people like that? Maybe that's you. You're just everywhere, every time something comes, you're up and down, you're all over the place, you're blown all around. You can't keep stable and your roots down. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Here it says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. God makes note that there's a difference between the righteous and the blessed man and the ungodly. They're not sitting in the same place. They're not walking in the same place. They're not standing in the same place. Why? Because they're on two different paths. One straight and narrow, and one is wide and broad. We need to be bearing fruits. We're trees. Look at the one next to you and say, I'm a tree. I'm a tree. Say it again, I'm a, tree. I'm a tree. And I'm called to not, to bear fruit, say I'm called to bear fruits. And fruit that remains. Let's pray.
1: Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word today. God, I thank you that as we go out these doors today, that your fruit would be evident in our lives. And if there is anything in our hearts, Father, I just ask that you reveal to us if there are roots that need to be uprooted and pulled out in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for your presence, that you go before us, that you stand behind us, and that you are beside us. Father, I thank you you go with us always. You said that you'd be with us to the end of the age. And so today, Father, we thank you for your presence. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are alive in this place and that you are helping us to walk out our godly lives in everyday life. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. I just
0: want to bring Pastor Rick up here real quick for, for a moment.
2: No, I just want to encourage folks today. I want everybody to just bow your head for a moment. Just a moment to reflect on the message that you just heard. When the children of Israel were going in to a place called Mara. And Mara speaks about bitter. And the Bible said Moses was told to cut a tree and to put it into the river. The tree we know is a type of the cross of Jesus Christ. And the only antidote to get bitterness out is the cross. And I'm just going to challenge the church today. I got in this situation because I allowed the root of bitterness to get into my heart. And the only antidote I can tell you was God's forgiveness to me, but putting the cross into the bitter waters every day. And if that's you today, I, I want you just to, let's just all, let's just be very transparent. Let's just be very honest one with another today. And if that's you and you say, you know what? I need the cross to go into that waters of my heart today. I need the cross to be the life source today. I need the tree. I want you just to come down wherever you're at, wherever you're at. None of us is immune to this here. None of us is better than one another. But come on down, and let's just have a few moments with God and say, I'm laying that down. Thank you, Kat come on down wherever you're at today just just we're, we're gonna lay it down come right up to the right up to the stage if you want whatever just have a few moments with god that today is a defining moment for your life i'm sensing there's even a few marriages that got anger one towards another today and and you need the cross to go into those bitter waters today it's the only antidote for this it's the only healing that's gonna come forth there's others disappointed over and over as it says in Proverbs 13 unrelenting one after the next disappointments makes the heart sick but a sudden good break turns it around the cross going into that is that sudden good break I'm sensing in 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 I I get numbers oftentimes. the Spirit of God says to me and and I'm sensing there's ten more people that need to be down right now that need to be down right for your breakthrough for your healing for your restoration for your wholeness for your soundness now everybody reach out your hands towards those that have come but if that's you down there And you know you need to be down just just there's something about being transparent there's something about being open there's something about letting the spirit of god move inside of our hearts move inside of our homes move inside of our our, the depths and the core of our being today that the life of god can now come forth out so if that's you just just make your way down we're not going to embarrass anybody and just let them just minister uh the teams that's up here if they could just come around the people and just minister to them today to just pray with them graciously and softly but i know that there's more that are here they need to be here today so god is a god of restoration he's a god of healing but man we need the tree into those bitter waters today and you watch and see the shift that god brings forth inside of your life god bless you amen
0: So I believe we're just going to leave the altars open for a few moments. We're going to dismiss the service. If you need to just even remain in God's presence for a moment and pray at your seat, then you can pray at your seat. We'll leave these altars open. If you want to have a conversation, we can go have conversations out in the foyer today. But I just want you to be encouraged. Know that God is with you. Know to be rooted in Christ Jesus. You are dismissed. You are loved. You're appreciated. You're valued. Have a great week.